Hello, everybody. It's the Spencers, and we are back for Strengthening Love and Sex. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I hope you did. We did, didn't we, baby? We had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family. My baby cooked a good meal with her sisters. We got a chance to see her mom. It's nothing like spending time with your family on, on the holidays. And guess what? We're done with Thanksgiving, and now it's time for... Christmas! Christmas! He's... You remember that song? Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa. And then he said this. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's, who's been. Naughty or nice. <laughs> <laughs> naughty or nice. That is the question today that we want to jump into. Do you want them to be naughty or nice? Uh, come on. Somebody put some fire in the chat if you like being naughty. Come on, put some fire in the chat if you like being nice. Put some fire in the chat if you like both of them. And so I'm pretty sure I see some fire coming up. I see some fire. I'm pretty sure that there's a mixed bag Mm -hmm. of people who don't know whether to be naughty or nice. You know, when we were kids, we were always warned at least a couple of months before Christmas. All the way in July. Boy, that was was the the go-to thing when you had kids. Look, if you don't get somewhere and sit down, Santa Claus ain't going to come and see you because if you act bad, he's going to put what in your stockings? Coal. Coal or ashes or switches. Boy, we get somewhere and sit down real fast. Uh, But now that we're empty nesters and we know that there's no Santa Claus. We knew back then, too. Um, We're each other's Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Mr. Claus and Mrs. Claus. Hey, you might have to give me a Mrs. Claus outfit for Christmas that you're going to wear, not me. Um... But the question still remains, are we going to be naughty or nice now that we are grown? I think that a lot of couples still struggle with being naughty and nice. And when we think about being naughty, we think about mischief, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think about when you hear the word naughty? Just somebody being bad, Uh, up to no good. Up to no good. Something that lacks ethics. Something nasty, naughty. Negative 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 connotation. For some adults who have not embraced a healthy sexuality, they still have this childlike shame that if they're being naughty, that they won't get anything nice. And I think it's the opposite. When you have a healthy sexuality and you're comfortable with who you are, how God wired you to be sexual creatures, God wired us for pleasure. Mm -hmm. It is God's pleasure that married couples come together, make love, and become one. The, The Bible says that the two shall become one and the way that we become one is through sex but for some reason another shame has been etched in the minds of many people and they associate watch this naughtiness with nastiness that is is naughty to nasty and and really the word nasty like janet jackson is it's jackson if you're nasty um we have to rescue that word because a lot of what we call nasty is not really nasty it's just Healthy sexuality. So let's let's jump into it tonight. We want to talk about this balance as it relates to being naughty or nice. I think women struggle with this more than men. Don't oh, you? I, I agree. I, I, yes, I think a lot of women who are Christians struggle with being naughty girls. Um, there's this trend in hip hop music where women are embracing their sexuality. And when you think about groups like City Girls, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, um, 
And even Beyonce, she put out a song called Church Girls. And there's some cognitive dissonance there because people want to know, how can a hmm. church girl be naughty? How Come on, First Lady, help us with that. Oh, let's see. When <laughs> What are some of the naughty things that Beyonce talked about in the song? One, let's see. Uh, I'll drop it like a body, drop it like a body. Mm, uh, I it said like now, it. pop it like a body, uh, uh. pop it like a body. Just a couple things. And then then she said, bad girl acting naughty, church girl don't hurt nobody. Beyonce is talking about twerking, shaking her bottom, her, her booty and her breasts. And so I think a lot of people were upset because she had sampled a gospel song from the Clark sisters and was talking about twerking the nerve of her, right? So do women who love God and go to church have any room really to be naughty? Do we? Yeah. You, as a woman, what do you think? I think there is. There, there is a, there's a separation, but then there is a cohesiveness as one. And so it's, it's one person, but it's not like you're double-minded or anything. It's all about when it is the appropriate time to show both parts. Like you're the same person, mm -hmm. but you don't have to go out in public or in the streets acting a way that you normally wouldn't with just your husband. You know, that's sacred space. So with your husband or even with your wife, why not? Why not tear the sheets off? You know, let's talk about the elephant in the room. We are in ministry, correct? I'm a pastor, your first lady. And a lot of people look at our stuff, but they won't comment. Right. Because they're like, this might, they clutch their pearls and they're like, this my pastor talking about sex. But yet. But yet they're doing it. Right. Right. Uh, and 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 a lot of people will walk up to him and say, I like your podcast or I'm getting inboxes on. That really <laughs> helped me. Thank you so much. Because somewhere in us, we've been taught that it's nasty to talk about sex. And I think going back to the Beyonce song is it's funny to me that she calls it church girl, because the reality is, is that there are a lot of church girls who love God, who love going to church, but they're also sexual beings. How do you integrate the two separate from the shame? And I think that's what we have to delve into. Uh, and well, here's some, what are some of the things that we've considered naughty in church? Okay. Dancing uh, sexually. Um, now I agree that there should be some discretion, but I also believe that women should be able to drop it like it's hot for their men. I don't want you to do a praise and worship dance when you get home. And I don't want you to be <laughs> dropping it at the altar. <laughs> Right, you don't want you don't want me scrubbing the ground. On, no, on the no, no, so there, there's a, there's a time for everything. Absolutely. Ecclesiastes Absolutely. tells us there's a time to work, there's a time to play, mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's a time to dance erotically, and there's a time to dance, you know, liturgically. You know, the Bible <laughs> says that David danced so much when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel that he danced right out of his clothes. The only thing he had on was like the linen undergarments, mm -hmm. and his wife was so disgusted she said you made a fool out of yourself and david said you don't know how good god's been to me david was not worried about the people in terms of how he danced his dancing was for god right it was praise and i think that we have to learn how to integrate in a healthy way our erotic selves and our spiritual selves they are we are one person mm -hmm. so yes i'm a pastor yes i love god but i love my wife and i love sex and there's nothing wrong with that then talking dirty is another thing that I think Christians or people who love God have a problem doing. 
But I think, you know, to use colorful language in the bedroom is a turn on, you know, to especially hear your wife, this little meek and mild thing that you you people think you are um, to hear you talk <laughs> dirty to me. It's like, whoa, it just it, it just takes me to a whole nother place. Let's back it up. People think I'm meek and mild. I think so. They look at you and say, oh, she's so nice. First lady, so sweet. Y'all, she's something else. No, she's good. She's yeah, sweet, but I like you. I like the other side of you too that that everybody doesn't know about. And talking dirty, I think is a turn on. What about you? Do you think? Talk, well, it, it depends. Like if your spouse, if that is something that your spouse enjoys, then by all means, practice it. Practicing it is is what you need to do because if you just come off saying something and you're not really confident in it, then it could turn into a little bit more laughter than really turn it off to being sexy. So you just have to practice it. And if that's something that your spouse really enjoys, then do more of it. What about dressing sexy? So, you know, I, I think you look good in all your clothes, right? I, I like I like the clothes that you wear and I like for them to fit your body. I like your curves. And so there are certain outfits that you wear for me when we go out of town that you're like, we're in Memphis. I can't wear this out in Memphis, you know? because you've got this image to uphold. Um, but what is the balance in general for a woman dressing sexy versus being too provocative? What, how do you determine what's naughty and what's nice? I think there's a misconception of that clothes make you sexy. Hmm. Like the least or the less amount of clothes you have on are deemed to be sexy when all actuality you can be sexy in a turtleneck and gloves um mm -hmm. so it's all on how you carry yourself um when you wear small amount of clothing out that perception can come sometimes come out to be a negative of where she's loose or she's cheap so it's more of embracing your womanhood and you don't really have to show all that skin. Now, mind you, now when you behind closed doors and with your husband, yes, yes. Put on that lingerie, honey. Put on that thin scarf. So how much cleavage is too much cleavage in public? Well, see there again, everyone's bosom breast size are different. So you have to dress according to your size. You One, you need to start with a good bra. Because sometimes them jokers, if you you're, you got an old bra on that needs to go to trash, just being real, chuck that soak that joker. Go get you some really good bras. Now all bras are not sexy, but again, it's all in that perception in your own how comfortable you and are. Speaking of that, fellas, I tell you, a turn on for me is when I go to Victoria's Secrets with my wife, and I pick out her bra and her panties. That it's it's just it does something for me uh, to just imagine her in them and to see her like oh yeah babe I like that uh, so participate in what you think uh -huh. is sexy and that's a good way of of y'all getting up to a a middle ground of agreement. The last thing I want to talk about under naughty is sexual positions. Uh, I think again church people people who love God uh, struggle sometimes with is this too nasty to do. Is this too naughty to do? Um, and I don't know where we got the, you know, the 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 go-to default sexual position for most Christian people is the missionary position, which was primarily used for procreation. But sex is also for recreation, it's for bonding. 
And so therefore, there really should be no position that you can't draw as long as you're both comfortable with it. What's and, your thoughts? And as long as you both are able to, to do it. <laughs> <our position>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we were in our 20s, but we had some positions. Oh my gosh, stand up, get on your head. You know? <laughs> and now that we're 54, 53, it's like, yeah, now I'm not going to get on my head. Uh, you might want to put a pillow up underneath. <laughs> but so, there, there are certain sexual positions that I think have to be negotiated. One, because of functionality, but also cognitively, what's, what is the holdup? Is it is it really because good girls shouldn't do this or is it because your knees are bad? <laughs> you know, you got to talk about those things. Right. And then so, baby, we all we talked about being naughty. Uh -huh. But I think nice being nice is also important because if you're not nice, you might not get your spouse to ever be comfortable being naughty. Right. What, what, what I mean by that? There's some pre-work that needs to be done. <laughs> so there's prereq when you're in class, in college, before you take the next course. So there's a pre-work. So I think that if men want their women to be naughty, they need to learn to be nice. Mm. And so the largest sex organ in the in the human body is the brain okay and so if you're going to be nice you need to make sure that you're doing everything that you're convincing your wife that you're keeping her safe mm. um that you are playing playing into her love language determining what her love languages are and meet those every day uh even with with men you know finding out what his love language is and then we have a list of things that are nice that kind of continuously play in our mind. They're up to the list of behaviors. So there's 10 things we're going to give you. You might want to get this pencil. My wife read this wonderful article on um, being naughty or nice in your relationship. And there's 10 things that the author suggested that incorporate you being nice so that you can get your spouse to do some of those naughty things you mm -hmm. want to do. So what are some nice things that need to be done? One of them is that you don't need to change. You try to change your, your, your partner, your spouse. Now influence. Yes. But changing like the person is marrying someone thinking, Oh, I'm going to change them. Once I get married or once we get married, that is so false. You need to accept and love your partner for who they are and including their quirky qualities, because those are the things that drew you to that particular person. You know, it's been said that opposites attract, but as we stay together long enough, they can also detract. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember the things that brought us together at first. You know, I'm an extrovert, you're an introvert. We balance each other out. But if you're not careful, those things can also drive you apart. So you can't change anybody but yourself. So the nice thing to do is to make sure your spouse feels that you love them unconditionally Absolutely. and you're not trying to change them. The second thing we're going to give you is this. You don't make jokes at your partner's expense and you can have constructive conversations if something is bothering you in the relationship. Um, we've learned that over the years, you know, how to be sensitive to the other person. You don't want to attack somebody's weakness or a flaw that they might feel like they have, especially when you're angry or just trying to help, you know, crack a joke. You don't want to do that at the expense of their self-esteem, right? Oh, definitely not. And you definitely don't want to do that when you're in mixed company. Mm -hmm. Like if there is something that you want your spouse to do or a behavior to change, then lovely express that. 
mm-hmm. and use I statements. I wish you would, you know, help me with the dishes more or help me do X, Y, Z. So don't say you never are. You always make sure you use I statements. And if something is bothering you, by all means, pick a time where you're both in a good headspace to have a conversation about mm-hmm. it. Don't swallow. On, don't sit on stuff because that sets up sickness in your body. So it's nice when you don't joke at each other's expenses and you can also have constructive conversations. What's number three? You trust your partner and you're, you don't get suspicious of what they're doing when they're not around. Now, trust is the foundation that should be in every relationship. And if you don't trust the relationship or you don't trust your spouse, your partner, then do you really have a good relationship? And if you're questioning anything, don't go snooping. Ask them. Yeah. Yeah. We have a relationship, I think, where if we need to ask, you know, who are you talking to or who is that? Or you have my a passcode to my phone and vice versa. You have mine. So because there's nothing to hide. Mm-mm. There should not be anything to hide. So you should be an open book. I see so many TikToks about, you know, women checking their men's phones while they're asleep or, you know, thinking oh, they're asleep. Uh, <laughs> and so real trust does not have to check up on people. Right. And if there's been a case where the trust has been lost, you got to build it back. And that requires you being transparent mm-hmm. until that person feels safe enough that they can trust you again. Number four, you and your partner make relationship decisions together with neither person feeling like they have no say. And nobody wants to be in a relationship where they feel controlled or managed. Uh, dictatorship. Or dictatorship. It's got to be equity in a relationship. You're both making decisions together. And it's beautiful because when you can make decisions together, um, you both get to enjoy the outcome together. Mm-hmm. You know, without the other person feel like I'm just hostage because I had no say so. What do you think? Oh, I agree. When those decisions are made and you both put your input in it, because Stacy may say something on a situation that I didn't think about uh, to get something done and vice versa. So when we put our heads together and we make those decisions together, it's something we made. And if something by chance doesn't pan out, we don't blame the other person for it. So how does that translate sexually, though? If 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 I'm including you in the decision making, say, on a trip we're going to take, mm-hmm. how does that make you want to open up and be naughty if I've been nice enough to include you, include you in the decision making? Well, when we go on trips, it's just automatic for me what's automatic it's just automatic because one that extra responsibility of home is not there Mm -hmm. and so i don't have to be concerned with the day-to-day of home where i have to think about meal planning or laundry or cleaning those things are already taken and you've already you were participant a participant in making and picking the space where we're going. Exactly. So you you have an you got an anticipation of what the room is going to look like, what kind of food they got, what the beach looks like. Well, how, how are we going? What we're going to do when we're there? What we're going to do when we get there? Right. So all of that kind of gets your juices going. Whereas if I'm like, we going one whether you like it or not, and you're going to go like, mm, all right, I'm going to show you. <laughs> so it, you have to have some equity. Number five. Number five, your relationship doesn't feel like an emotional roller coaster. You keep your cool when you argue, drink, or get upset. Mm. If you cannot handle your liquor 
or if you're a hothead, then you have to learn to calm yourself pretty well. If you are easily angered, one, you need to find out why you're easily angered. That's number one. And then don't make your spouse a scapegoat mm -hmm. for something that you've done. You know, the Bible tells us to be uh, sober minded, mm -hmm. to not get drunk with wine. I don't think it didn't it didn't say not to drink wine. It said don't get drunk because when we're drunk, we're not in our faculties. We're not in our right mind. I think we have to be sober minded so we have constructive conversations uh, and, and not be on this emotional roller coaster. Um, and so it's very important that we keep our cool, that we're in a good headspace uh -huh. and we're talking. If it's not a good time to talk, then y'all set a time when it's good to resolve your conflict. But don't do it while you're drunk. Don't do it while you're angry. Keep your cool. Right. Number six, you and your partner are both happy with the amount of time you spend together and the amount of time you spend apart. You have your own life outside of your relationship and can balance a love life and a personal life. I think it's important that we have time together mm -hmm. and we have some time apart. Like you have your days where you want to go get your nails done, your hair done, or you want to go spend some time with your sister, get some oxytocin. I want to go fishing or I want to go work out. You know, I, I, I'll go hang with the fellas. I think 80% of what you need in your marriage comes from each other. And then the other 20% comes from your outside interests. Right. You just can't always be up under the person and you, you need to find activities outside of your spouse, whether that's a hobby. Now, not saying 80% you're not with your spouse. We're saying the opposite. 80% you're spending your time with your spouse. The other 20% other outside interests, because those things are what keeps you whole and around it well individual. Mm -hmm. No doubt. No doubt. Number seven. Number seven. If there's a problem in the relationship, you and your partner can have a constructive conversation about it without fear of retaliation. Mm. And that, again, is the basis of just having a healthy communication in, in your marriage. There are going to be times when you're not going to agree on certain things, but being able to discuss those constructively without the other person going off on a tangent or using something that was said previously against the other person. We talked about this last night on our drive home. And the question I asked you was, do you feel like you can talk to me about anything? Mm -hmm. Even what you want erotically, what your fantasies are, what your needs are. And you said, yes. And I asked you, and I said, sometimes, because sometimes I think because of the shame that I carry from, my past, um, growing up, being traumatized, I think the shame in me is fearful that somebody's going to judge me, that you're going to judge me based upon some of the desires I have. And, but yet you've created a safe space to where I can. Doesn't, doesn't always, doesn't mean that you're going to agree to do everything that I want, but you create a space to where you can hear me mm -hmm. and you can say, I can understand why you know, you would want that and um, maybe we can try it later or no, I'm not comfortable. And so I think being able to say yes and being able to say no in a relationship is good for both. Mm -hmm. But it's also good to have a relationship where you can ask for what you want. Right. Number eight, your friends and family like your partner and your partner encourages you to maintain healthy relationship with these very important people in your life. One of the things that happens in an abusive relationship is that one of the partners 
isolates the spouse or the significant other from other people. They want to control who they talk to and isolate them for themselves. That's not healthy. But in a healthy and a nice relationship, you both like each other's relatives. I love your family. I had a wonderful time hanging around your family for Thanksgiving. Your mama loves me. I love her and vice versa. You like hanging around my family. Our friends, we got mutual friends. We don't have friends that the other person don't like. Right. You know what I mean? Because we're a package deal. Mm -hmm. If you don't like my wife, we can't be friends. And if you don't like, they don't like me, we can't, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's very important that friends and family both understand that we're a package deal. And then also encouraging you to go spend time with your brothers or your mom, you know, your family, because those are the relationships that nurture you. Mm -hmm. And so you still need to spend time with loved ones. No doubt. Number nine. So number nine is you, your partner respects your decisions. They don't tell you, they don't tell you or make subtle hints about what you can do, what to eat or what to wear or who you should talk to or who you should be friends with. That's called being controlling. If you can't be an adult in mm -hmm. your relationship, then you need to get out of that relationship. Yeah, there should, there should be equal say so uh, in a relationship and, and to find out what the other person likes and what they don't like mm -hmm. uh, and to yield to that. And, and you become a student of your spouse so that you can know what their proclivities, their inclinations are. Uh, so you're not suggesting something that they loathe. Right. You know what I mean? You want to scratch them where they itch and not bring up something that makes them itch. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. You know your relationship is making you better, a happier person. You have no doubts about whether or not it's right for you. When you're in a good, healthy relationship, and you know it's making you better you want to please that spouse mm -hmm. you want to do everything you can to make sure they're happy you want to give them the kisses they need you want to you want to rub them the right way you want to make sure that the love making is uh, on the next level you know i just i get so much joy as a husband seeing you get pleasure you know when i can hear you moan or groan or you know and you know reach that that pinnacle where you have an orgasm it's like Yes, I'm pleasing my spouse. Now, it shouldn't be performance oriented. It should be a mutual time of us coming together. It's a spiritual experience. Okay. Sex is a spiritual experience, not just a physical activity. It's two becoming one. And the more we're able to be nice, consistently nice with each other, the more we're more comfortable being naughty. So the question we opened up with, Ron, was, are we supposed to be naughty? or be nice. If you had to wrap up, summarize this whole conversation, what would you say the answer is? Do you want them to be naughty or nice? I think the answer for us, and I'm opposed to you guys, would be that it depends on what's going on that particular day in the situation. So if you're out in public, you're, you're possibly this way. If you're home and you're being private, it's possibly this way. So it's you determining when you're going to be naughty and when you're going to be nice. Now, don't confuse the two. And that's the difference of knowing when to be that naughty person or that extra flirtatious person with your spouse or that ex, you know, extra sexy person with your spouse. And then when to kind of be a little low key. All right now.
Listen, today is Cyber Monday. And I know a lot of you have been shopping, getting deals on Amazon and other places. That's all well and good. But there's one place you need to go in 2023. And on Cyber Monday, Monday, you need to take advantage of this deal. We've opened up eight more rooms for our international marriage retreat, uh, Love Without Limits. It's going to be in Ultra Rios, Jamaica. Beautiful, sandy, white, sandy beaches, clear blue water, weather in the 80s. Oh, my God. I can feel it right now. Uh, wonderful food, wonderful oh food, oxtails. Uh, oh my God. Uh, cabbage, rice and peas. Uh, we got drinks with umbrellas in them. <laughs> We've got beach activities. We got wonderful workshops on how to get you to that next erotic level in your marriage. You haven't tapped into yet. It's going to be amazing. We got eight beds we've added. And you can go to drstacielspencer.com and click the International Marriage Retreat in the right tab. And you can go ahead and still secure your room by calling the resort after you pay your registration fee. And if you are part of Eden Circle, which is our marriage mentor uh, inner circle, uh, you get $200 off the registration. If you've been with us before on a marriage retreat in Jamaica, you get $200 off. And so please take advantage of those eight rooms. They're going to sell out. I'm telling you, we've already got 40 plus couples who said we're going with you. And we wanted you to go, so we got eight more rooms. So please go and register today. Anything else? No. We just want to make sure that you are decide which one you're going to be, naughty or nice. He's checking his list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty, naughty or, or nice. Santa Claus is coming. Yeah, that part. To tell. <laughs> All right. Listen, if you enjoyed this uh, podcast, please share it with your married friends, your couple friends, anybody seriously dating. They need this information. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it on your page. Uh, share it. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our pl all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple. We're out there yes. and you can get this and download it, play it. You know, when you're at work or on the airplane or when you're exercising, there's no need uh, for you not to be enlightened and informed about how to strengthen love and sex in your relationship. Well, we love you guys. Thank y'all for tuning in tonight. And we'll see you next week. Same channel, same time. Bye-bye.